Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hi, guys, and welcome back to the episode of the Spurs Up Show. This is episode 31. Tyler, it's rivalry week. There's a little bit of a, uh electricity in the air, if you will. A little bit more emphasis on this week, like we said, the South Carolina Gamecocks. After getting the 31-10, against, 31-10 win against Wofford last Saturday, uh, take on the Clemson Tigers this Saturday night in Williams-Brice Stadium. We'll get to all of that, preview the game, recap the Wofford game as well. But first, before that, if you do want to follow the show, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate, subscribe, tell us you like, tell us you don't like about the show. We obviously appreciate all the feedback as always. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on our Twitter account as well, at Armchair S Car. That's going to be at Armchair S C A R. We've had a very busy week on Twitter uh, with the rivalry week talk, the trash talk. We love it. So go make sure you go follow us there again. That's at Armchair S Car. Uh, also, check us out on Instagram at Armchair S Carolina. Uh, and this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All Americans, armchairallamericans.com localizing your sports coverage content. Be sure to go check us out at armchairallamericans.com for all of your latest breaking Gamecock news, coverage, and, of course, the podcast as well. So, uh, as always, I'm your host, Chris Phillips. I'm joined by my colleague, Tyler Clark. And, Tyler, like I mentioned, um, we're going to get to it in a little bit, but there's a little bit more electricity in the air. You know, it is rivalry week. Uh, Clemson's coming to town. But first, before we get into that, kind of just recap what happened Saturday really quickly, last Saturday, uh, South Carolina kind of goes about a business-like performance, a ho-hum performance, if you will. Um, get the win 31-10 to 10 over Wofford. Um, kind of what, what were some of your uh, initial reactions and takeaways from that game? I mean, I thought it was all right. It's kind of what I expected it to be. I didn't expect a blowout. Uh, I also didn't expect to lose. Um, it was kind of that game where we've had all year where, you know, you kind of dominate the game, but the score doesn't really show it. Um, Jake Bentley running the ball looks pretty cool. Uh, I just, I just didn't think. I don't think there's much to take away from it because, I mean, there's nothing. That game's going to be nothing like what we see this weekend. So you're just like, you know, what, what can you possibly take away from, from that going into the next week? Yeah, and I was actually watching with a buddy of mine uh, Saturday. I was unable to be in Columbia, but uh, I, I kind of told my buddy that the same thing. It, and the game sort of went kind of looked like I thought it would. I really thought, you know, with this South Carolina team. You know, it's going to be kind of interesting. You know, it's going to have some very interesting parts. But definitely thought South Carolina would win. And I really just told him, like, listen, man, I mean, South Carolina, all you need to do is get the win and just move on because that's all this game really is right now. It's a lot of teams had their their cupcake, if you will, or their warm-up. Obviously, South Carolina's cupcake was a 9-1 and Wofford team that's about to be in the FCS playoff. But, um, yeah, kind of like you said, a ho-hum performance. I mean, you know, they, they got the win, could have won 38-10, took a knee at the five-yard line to end the game, which classy move by Will Muschamp. Um, but, yeah, Jake Bentley, like you said, really cool to see him running. Had two rushing touchdowns, uh, leads the team in rushing touchdowns, <laughs> which isn't something I think any of us would have predicted, you know, before the season started. You know, one thing I thought was interesting early on, because it was 3 nothing Wofford after the first quarter, Tyler, was um, some of the drops, maybe something we hadn't really seen you know, too much of, I think, early in the season. You know, Ortre Smith had a couple bad drops. Even Brian had a drop. Uh, a couple other ones as well. Um, you know, Bentley's stats in the day finished up 22 of 28 for 194 and a touchdown. I mean, he could have easily been 26, 27 of 28 yeah. if, you know, all those balls are caught. Yeah, I agree there were five drops. Um, but I like the way they, they used him. I mean, he didn't have to make any throws that put the ball in danger or anything. They were all simple, pretty simple throws. Uh, I really like the one to Brian Edwards on the touchdown. Uh, he kind of threw it behind him. Brian Edwards just makes a great catch. Or Trey Smith, though, I don't understand the drops. We haven't seen – I don't know if he's dropped a pass all year like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just assuming it's kind of a lack of focus for a Wofford game. Hoping so, at least, because that was ugly. Yeah, I was going to say I'd much rather him get kind of get those out this uh, against Wofford, you know, kind of correct it this week than – 
you know, have that come up Saturday for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I thought Bentley played one of his more efficient games as a Gamecock, you know, maybe one of his best games. I mean, for sure. Um, like you said, he really never put the ball in harm's way. I don't think he ever really had to. There's a lot of screen plays, a lot of plays where, you know, Brian Edwards was able to, you know, get the ball on the screen and take it 10, 15 yards, which is definitely a weapon South Carolina is going to rely on. Um, the one pass from Bentley to Brian Edwards on the touchdown was just a thing of beauty on that, uh, that post route, I mean, it threw an absolute bullet to Brian Edwards. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I think one of the things I think South Carolina fans were definitely encouraged by Saturday was also the balance. I mean, I believe the Gamecocks, they ran for 195, passed for 194. I mean, anytime you can get that kind of balance, um, you know, you're going to take it. And, again, A.J. Turner leading the way, 11 carries, 69 yards, had a touchdown, had a really good day. We saw Tyson Williams get back in the action, get back on the field. Um, eight for 58 and then you know other guys like even Caleb Kinlaw and then obviously the running ability of Jake Bentley the kind of day he had so uh, I think really encouraging because I think obviously the last couple of games you know with Florida you ran for what 220 I think it was and then you run for just under 200 in this one maybe gives South Carolina fans some hope that you know this offensive line is kind of coming together as a unit and getting better you know in the most important part of the year yeah I mean it was really encouraging to see balance, but I didn't even know that uh, Tyson Williams had 58 yards. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you don't know what you can take in the next week, but you took care of business. Uh, you stayed balanced. That's exactly what they want to do. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was great to see Tyson get back. I know that uh, I had actually heard going into the game last week that he had kind of you know, gotten out of the doghouse with his effort. Because I think it was easy to see he was in the doghouse. I mean, as, as good as Mon Denson is, and he's a guy that still needs to touch the football. I mean, Tyson Williams is the kind of guy where if he's not seeing the field at all, there has to be some type of reason because he's a pretty good player. Um, so definitely good to see him back out there. I, de- I still think he'll be in a limited role just because of the fact that, you know, he lacks that pass blocking ability that I think we're all pretty familiar with that, where his struggle that struggle is at. But um, it was definitely great to see him get back in the fold. But the one thing you touched on earlier that I I know we've talked about before but continue to harp on is Jake Bentley's running ability and just, you know, the plays he was able to make in the red zone especially. You know, I know he's not Connor Shaw and, you know, he'll probably never be Connor Shaw, not that type of running ability. But I definitely think it's going to be key, Connor, to continue to develop him using his legs. Um, I don't think, obviously, against Clemson you're going to be able to do some of the plays you ran like against Wofford where – back did a straight quarterback draw I'm not sure you not sure you want to put him in that type of harm's way with some of the guys that those guys have on defense but great to see uh you know just great to see his running ability kind of evolve you know more so as the season's going on uh one thing I was going to ask you Tyler you know there were definitely some early sacks on in the game where did you concern at all or just kind of a anomaly for the Wofford game kind of leave it where it's at yeah, I was a little concerned with it because I, I think I texted you about it. I was like, they can't even block Wofford, and they're half the size Clemson's guys are. Um, but the, kind of the same thing you saw on defense where our guys just kind of saw it for a couple drives and then you adjust to it. I guess that was it. Um, they saw what they were doing and realized it. I don't think they had a sack after the first quarter, did they? No, they didn't. They yeah. just had those two, I believe. They. They also yep. lined up really weird. Did you notice on like the third and seven, third and eight, they they had three defensive linemen and dropped nine guys or eight? Yeah, no, I did. I did see that. That was so I weird. And I was that, like, yes. that's actually pretty cool. And then you realize it doesn't work at all. And I I think we, went, <laughs> we were over 50% on third down. So, I mean, uh, that didn't really work. So, I guess it was just a schematic thing that they didn't – they haven't seen maybe. I don't know. I hope so because uh, there were a few times Corey Helms just got burnt. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I mean – you know, like I said, I think I'm just going to issue it to, I don't know, I mean, maybe some scheme early on or whatnot. But uh, like you said, South Carolina did finish 6 of 11 on third downs. Actually, 2 of 3 on fourth as well. Um, so, good stat there. One of the big stats as well that I think was, you know, I was sort of concerned about Wofford. South Carolina actually won the time of possession battle, 33-32 to 26-28 overall time possession, which was something where I thought South Carolina – you know, with the type of team Wofford is, South Carolina was able to get Wofford off the field, which I thought I didn't think that would be able to happen, to be honest. I I didn't either. I really didn't. I thought South Carolina may have five or six, five or six drives, and Wofford would pretty much just chew up all the clock. It chewed up most most of the first quarter, too. Um, You know, I mean, that sort of went how we expected, but I think the turnovers as well was the big reason, one of the big reasons, and South Carolina's ability to run the football, you know, burn clock on their side as well. 
Um, you mentioned the defense. Another good day for the defense. You know, anytime you can, again, win that time possession battle, force three turnovers. Um, Sky Moore, first guy I want to bring up. Congratulations, Sky Moore. He ties the school record for interceptions. Gets his 14th on the year – or excuse me, in his career on the year. Uh, 14th of his career, like I said, which ties a school record. Um, you know, definitely a guy that South Carolina is going to miss going into next year and definitely been a leader of this defense. Uh, again, we talked about – I thought really, you know, Tyler South Carolina was uh, able to contain the option game. I mean, obviously when you're facing the triple option, which I hope South Carolina never, never does again um, – you know, it's going to be a challenge, but I thought that South Carolina was able to kind of step up. Guys like Dante Sawyer had a good game again. Um, TJ Brunson, Sky Moore in the middle there. So, overall, I was I was pretty pleased with how the defense, you know, handled the option game on Saturday. Yeah, I thought they did really well. I, like I said last week, I thought Wofford was actually going to run the ball pretty well. Um, but after that first drive, they didn't really do anything. Um, Sky Moore, I think it was Sky Moore that had the face mask on the sideline. That extended one of the drives. Um, I don't know if they scored on that drive or not. Um, it was like two drives that they looked like they were just going to pound it down the field easily. And then pretty much every other drive they just that we tackled well and, uh, stopped it. Yeah. I mean, you only hold them to 155 yards rushing, which is, I'm, I'm not sure what their season average is, but it's gotta be way below that. Um, 72 yards passing, you know, only 227 yards of offense. So whenever, whenever you can hold a team to that numbers, um, You'll definitely take it. But, yeah, I thought South Carolina forced Wofford to kind of throw a little more than they wanted to. I know that the announcers were kind of talking about this wasn't a typical triple option attack where they can't throw it all. But um, anytime you can get a team like Wofford in like a third and seven, eight, nine situation, plays like the one Sky Moore made are going to happen. So I, I thought they did a really good job with that. Uh, another guy I definitely want to highlight in the defense, DJ Wanham, two more tackles for loss in the game Saturday. He leads the SEC and tackles for loss, guy that's just a budding star, a guy that probably not even probably definitely doesn't get enough recognition for the type of work he does on the defensive side. Um, you know, Tyler, another solid game from him. And, you know, I'd say expect more of the same. But, yeah, I think with the key takeaways in this game, I mean, like I said, Tyler, I think this was Jake Bentley's most efficient game yet. I mean – you know, his ability to use his legs, especially, um, you know, obviously deliver the football on time. I thought he looked really balanced, uh, you know, was able to move the ball down the field. Again, that throw to Brian Edwards was one of the best I've seen all year and even his career really, uh, really stepped in the throw. You know, made solid throws all day, made really good decisions. And, I mean, South Carolina is going to need more of that obviously on Saturday. But, you know, I, I was really, really impressed with the play of Jake Bentley after maybe he's caught some – you know, he definitely missed some throws and caught some criticism in 2017. So, it was definitely good to see that. I kind of fell out there. What, what are we on? Are we on game balls? So, we're actually going – just going over, like, the key takeaways and just touched on uh, – Oh, okay. Just, yeah. yeah, DJ Wanham, I know, was a guy that you've been high on all season. The oh, day he yeah. had was fantastic. He leading the SEC in tackles for loss now, too. So Wow, I didn't know that either. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's crazy stat. Um, but yeah, I was just saying. I thought the game Saturday that Bentley played was one of the best he's played all you know all season, or maybe in his career, just efficiency wise, and then the ability to use his legs as well. I mean, you know, it makes a huge difference. So I mean, I thought just I was happy to see it, just with some of the criticism he's caught this season. Um, you know, to come out and really have a good game, and it, when he should have had a good game against maybe some lesser competition, but come out and you know look confident and uh, be very efficient, efficient, and lead South Carolina to the win. Yeah, I agree. Um... One of my takeaways, Parker White made a field goal. That was, that was good. Uh, we tackled a lot better than I thought uh, South Carolina would. Um, but, yeah, on the defensive line, Dante Sawyer played great. Uh, he forced one of those – he forced, the, I guess, the one fumble we uh, we forced. Um, yeah, they're just really, – they're really good. They're so much improved from last year. Um, when it was, that was probably the most uh, needed spot of improvement on that defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they definitely seem to play – a lot faster, physical, and with a little bit more of an edge. Um, the other takeaway I had is just that this—it's crazy how much how much better this offense looks when there's balance and they can run the football. Um, obviously, we've given Kurt Roper a lot of <clears throat> a lot of flack on this show, and you know, throughout social media and just you know, throughout the entire season. But uh, I thought Saturday was a really well called game. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I definitely think there's just still improvement where. 
in situational type plays where you have a fourth and one or third and short or or whatever it is. I mean, I don't think any offensive coordinator is going to be perfect. I thought it was a much better game from Roper. Um, but it's crazy to see how much different this offense looks when they are able to run the football. And I think the, the running game has gotten more creative with the with the outside runs. And I think the emergence of A.J. Turner has helped that as well. But, you know, it's just something where you, you, you need to see continue to see that every single week. And I think if they do, I mean, I, I think this offense has a lot of potential to continue to grow. I think on those outside runs, I think the most important thing is to get, you know, into the second level where your tight ends can block like Hayden Hurst. Um, because it seems like every time they get past the offensive line, Hayden Hurst sets just an insane block and gets you 10, 15 extra yards. So, I mean, I feel like once you get past uh, – A.J. Turner gets past those defensive linemen, uh, he, can get, he can get past the linebackers. Yeah, Jacob August, too. He, he's, he's nasty. Oh, yeah. He, he, he does, he's not scared to put somebody on their back for sure. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, we will move into the game balls now. Uh, I'll start first. Tyler, I'm offense. I'm going to go Brian Edwards. Um, you know, had a couple drops, but he had a really solid game. I think he had just under 100 yards receiving, really showed, you know, his ability as a possession receiver on um, a couple of those screen plays and able to make a couple guys miss. Um, he's shown that ability all year as well, so no surprise there, and then had the, had the nice touchdown catch. And then on defense, uh, I'm going to go with Rashad Fenton. He's a guy that obviously has had, a, had an incredible start to the season, um, I talked with Brad Crawford last night, and he's actually said the Rashads fell off a little bit, you know, got exposed kind of against Vanderbilt, um, but got the interception on Saturday. It was a really good thing for him. I still think he's, you know, South Carolina, probably South Carolina's best cover corner. So it was great to see Rashad get that interception. And, you know, hopefully, excuse me, hopefully we'll carry uh, carry that momentum into uh, the matchup with Clemson on Saturday. I'm going to give mine on offense to A.J. Turner because he finally gets into the end zone. Um, Jake Bentley's been stealing a lot of his touchdowns the last couple games. Uh, Mon Denson stole a couple, so it's good to see A.J. back in the end zone. Uh, defense, I'll give mine to uh, Dante Sawyer because the most important thing going into that game was forcing turnovers, and if they don't throw the ball, you got to force fumbles. Uh, he was able to get that one. It was beautiful. You could see him come up behind the runner. Um, his only intent was getting the ball out, uh, forces it perfectly. Uh, Gamecocks fall on it. So I thought uh, he played extremely well. Yeah, and on that play as well, the, the runner, I think, was about 10 yards down the field and swatted it out. So it was a huge play for sure. I mean, just, you know, a, a momentum-changing type play for sure. So the kind, of, the kind of play he's had a knack for all season. Um, you know, we're going to wrap up the Wofford game, and Tyler, we're going to get into, you know, it's rivalry week. Um, Clemson comes to town Saturday. First off, the Gamecocks, if you missed it this uh, – actually tonight – uh, college football playoff rankings came out. The Gamecocks ranked 24th in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, so it will be, if you go by the those rankings, a ranked matchup on Saturday in Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, 7.30 kickoff on ESPN, nationally televised at Williams-Brice. Um, Clemson opens the game as a 14-point favorite. Uh, Over-under set at 46.5 right now. Um, overall series, Clemson leads 68-42-4. And, and, Tyler, I know that we try to forget but can't what happened last year in the Clemson Tigers 56 to seven win in death Valley last year, which when South Carolina got completely dominated, um, Clemson's coached by Davo Sweeney. They are, they are actually third in the college football playoff rankings. Now after Miami jumped ahead of them, uh, they sit with a 10 and one overall record, uh, with that one loss being to Syracuse on the road there. Um, so with that being said, Tyler, you know, before we kind of break everything down, I'm curious just to South Carolina, you know, comes in this game, obviously, eight and three, have had a great, you know, a pretty solid year. I mean, I think a year where, you know, I'm not sure if they were slightly above or kind of right at your predictions before the season, um, but a, a solid year nonetheless. I mean, I think South Carolina fans would be hard to argue that this has been a disappointment or anything like that. Um, you know, the Gamecocks are definitely riding momentum. I mean, they had the loss to Georgia, but you know, have won, you know, fair share of the last couple of games. Um, you know, and I, I do think coming to this game, a much, much improved football team, you know, obviously from last year, but especially from early on this season. Tyler, talk about kind of your feelings, your, you know, how you're feeling during this rivalry week. Obviously, there's been a, we talked all kind of off air, been a ton of smack talk, but a ton of back and forth, you know, from yourself, obviously myself as well. Um, talk about kind of how you're feeling going into this matchup. I don't really know how I feel. I'm obviously excited because uh, rivalry is always fun. 
I've had a couple good tweets. That's important to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just a fun week. It always is. Um, obviously, last year's game is the worst game I've ever been to in my entire life. Um, that's the only game I've ever left early. Uh, so obviously, there's a bitter taste in your mouth. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know how I feel about being both teams being ranked. Uh, I feel like that could potentially be a distraction. Hope, I'm glad it's only one poll. Um, I mean, it's cool to see, but, I mean, if you lose, what what's it worth? So it, it's only cool if uh, the Gamecocks go out there and uh, act like they're a top 25 team and win. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm kind of the motions for you as well. Obviously, I, I was in Clemson last year, um, thank, thankfully, but um, – Obviously, last year was, you know, something we all want to forget. And obviously, this game is this game this year. But I, I'm really excited, to be honest. I, I'm really itching for Saturday. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I just think with the atmosphere, the, the the night game and Williams-Brice, you know, Justin King calling out the student section to be there 30 minutes before kickoff and, you know, really make this a raucous environment. I mean, I think this is going to be – Probably the wildest atmosphere since since Clemson 2013. I even heard, you know, saw a Gamecock pundit today. Think he said he thought it would be as crazy as like 2012 Georgia. Um, so I just think it's going to be. I've ever seen was 2012 Georgia. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a wild environment. I mean, it's going to be obviously a sold out crowd. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. I mean, anytime you get in this rivalry week, there's definitely banter. There's trash talk. Um, I definitely feel a lot better coming into this game that I did last year, you know, you kind of felt like you kind of almost see what was coming last year. South Carolina was struggling, limping to us. They were six and five, but you know, just struggling to you know, that bowl game that season. Um, this season, I really feel a different type of uh, type of momentum. And, and I, Will Muschamp talked about it. I thought a little bit in his presser today when they kind of asked him, you know, what's the difference between last year's team and this year's team. And the, the biggest thing I took away from what he said is that, he said, this team, they compete. And, you know, I'm not sure it's last year's team really, when they got in that game, I thought they were a little intimidated, um, a little little shook. I mean, obviously it was in in Clemson, but, you know, I, I just thought that team didn't really compete. And that's obviously where the, the whole never again thing came from, the, you know, never again will we be embarrassed like that, never again will we get beat like that. Um, you know, we all know the spiel. So, you know, I guess the question is, I don't want to loom on last year, Tyler. It's a completely different game, but obviously the Gamecocks today, I'm sure you watched, were asked in their media availability today, you know, how does that loss, you know, sit with you guys and motivate you guys? I'm not sure if you heard like what Alan Knott said, but he actually said that, you know, it still bothered him the way that Clemson kind of showboated at the end of the guy, that game, called timeouts to, I say that with air quotes, obviously. Um, you know, and that, that was something that, you know, he said they were going to get their revenge. Um, I'll ask you, how do you, do you think that, that that loss last year plays into this game at, at all as far as a revenge factor? Do you think it's com- completely meaningless? What's your take on it? I think it has to be. It was like a, a 24-21 game. It's like, okay, you know, next year we'll get them. But this is 56-7. And South Carolina was lucky to score in that game, to be honest. I think it was on a trick play with trick Brandon, play. Brandon McElwain. Samuel, the- Debo Samuel to uh, Brian Edwards. I watched it today. Yeah, so they were lucky to score in that game. That game was after the block field goal from South Carolina. That game was completely dominated, like in every single imaginative way. So I think for the guys that played in that game, it has to be, you know, like a, a measure of how much better you've gotten in a year. And we've seen from everybody that's talked pretty much all season, every player. Uh, they, they talk about how much better and how much improved and how much smarter, uh, how much better they prepare, how much more capable they are to make adjustments and stuff like that. Uh, I think it has to be. If, it, if it's not, then you probably shouldn't be playing football in the SEC. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was another question they asked Alan Knott today was, you know, do you do you think those guys respect you on that other side? And he, he quickly was just said no. I mean, this one's personal, man. Th- this one has to be personal. I and mean, th- this is – you know, they, they they don't respect – Clemson doesn't respect South Carolina. Definitely not after last year, how how the game went. Uh, this is about pride, man. I mean, this is about, you know, you heard a lot of South Carolina players talking about, and Scott Moore said it a bunch, playing with an edge. You know, he talked about the 2013 team they had. They had an edge, playing with an edge. And 
I've heard people, you know, ask, well, what, what exactly does that mean? Um, you know, you you got to come out there and just not be afraid of these guys, not be afraid. Baker to Mayfield hit. last Saturday is playing with an edge. Right, right. I was going to say, you, you can't be afraid to come out and hit these guys in the mouth, man. I'm just, you know, set the tone. It, it's going to be all about setting the tone early in this game for your pride. I mean, this game is, this, this game is personal. There's, there is revenge in this game uh, that needs to be had. I mean, for sure. I mean, if you, like you said, if you can't get fired up for this one, you, you're playing the wrong sport for sure. You know, I think one of the biggest keys, Tyler, in this game, uh, something that helped, you know, obviously was huge for South Carolina and their five-game winning streak was the turnover battle. Um, you know, I mean, it was something big. I, you know, those teams were, you know, pretty decently evenly matched, honestly. South Carolina consistently over and over and over again was able to win the turnover battle, force guys like Taj Boyd to make bad decisions, fumble stuff like that the biggest you know one of the biggest uh things to me tyler is you know can south carolina win the turnover battle they're gonna have to if they expect to win saturday night yeah there's outside of that and you know just stopping their their running attack there's no way if if clemson runs just all over south carolina there's no way uh to win that game so, but yeah turnovers are 100 percent, and i think they're gonna have to come through the air no, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, obviously on the other side, I think South Carolina, um, you know, if you're the Gamecocks, you have to find a way to run the football. I mean, I just – you don't really – you just don't want to get caught in the situation you were in against Georgia where you have Jake Bentley out there kind of just – just kind of airing it out every single play and sort of hoping it works, hoping something sticks. I mean, I think you have to find a way. And that's where the creative play calling is going to come through. You know, can you get the running game going? Obviously, Clemson, we know, has a great front seven. Their defensive line is one of the best in the country. But, you know, can you get creative in your scheme? How, how are you going to use A.J. Turner, maybe even Tyson Williams as well, to get that running game going, take some of the heat off of Jake Bentley? And, again, Tyler, I think Jake Bentley's going to have to use his legs in this game. That that RPO, that read option is not going to work if he's not willing to pull a ball and run. And I, I really hope that. You know, they're kind of preaching that this week because, again, I think it just gives that South Carolina offense another weapon. It's another guy to worry about. I mean, really, I would love to see that kind of that read option. And I'm sure it's in the RPO package where I'd love to see Bentley kind of, you know, read the defense like he's going to keep it and then sort of roll out and then pass. I mean, I haven't seen – you know, we've seen that a little bit, but, you know, I I just think that's a great play, honestly, when it's executed correctly. Um, You know, I I think – you know, Tyler, I'm not gonna not gonna lie to anybody. I haven't watched a ton of Clemson games this year just because of the simple fact that it seems like the two teams have played at pretty much the same time every I week. I think every every time except for two or so. Yeah, it's been pretty weird. But uh, you know, from what I have seen, you know, and I definitely watched like the Syracuse game, um, Clemson has shown a little bit of vulnerability against the pass, you know, against passing teams, teams that can move, you know, throw the ball down the field. Um you know, Tyler, I just think it's going to be key. You got guys again like Brian Edwards or Trey Smith, Shy Smith. You've got Hayden Hurst, Jacob August. Um, you know, guys like that on the outside, those weapons. It's just going to be absolutely key. You know, guys like AJ Turner coming out of the backfield. Um, you know, it's going to be absolutely key to move the ball down the field, be able to throw it in the vertical passing game, and really test this Clemson secondary. Yeah, I don't, it's going to be so difficult to run against that front seven. Um, they're going to have to throw the ball. And I think the, the only weak spot on that Clemson defense is the secondary. Um, I know they've had a lot of injuries. Um, we have a group chat with all of our friends, and there's two Clemson fans, and they always complain that Dabo throws all the legacy guys out there, and they're all defensive backs, and they all just get torched, and they get mad every single week. So <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to throw the ball. And the guys, like, we do key matchups here in a second. Obviously, my only key matchup is the receivers, you know, getting open against those defensive backs. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's going to be key. Again, I mean, just beating your man off the line like you're a guy like Brian Edwards. You know, I, I saw today winning those 50-50 balls. I, again, I think that's going to be, you know, a huge matchup as well. Um, you know, being chance able- for the 50-50 balls because we haven't seen it that much, especially right. in the red zone. Like, there's no fade balls to Brian Edwards because I feel like he's going to win that matchup against a lot of D-backs. Yeah, like we saw the back shoulder fade against Georgia, and it worked to perfection. So, I mean, maybe something like that. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Clemson's going to try to honestly stop the running game and get pressure on Bentley with four guys down and, you know, try to to cover those receivers. So, you know, I, I mean, it's going to be a line of scrimmage game. I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself with the keys of the game. But, 
this game's going to be all about the line of scrimmage. Again, that toughness and, like we said, playing with an edge. This is a pride game, man. I mean, this is a game you got to show up for, you know, and love to stick your face in the fan like Will Muschamp says. Really be willing to be physical, compete your tail off, and whip the guy in front of you. I mean, that's that's really what it's going to come down to um, because that's what's going to open up the running game. That's what's going to give Jake Bentley time to throw. And on the flip side, you know, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, so we'll get to that. The Clemson offense with Kelly Bryant at quarterback, they've got a ton of playmakers there as well. Um, you know, Tyler, I, I, you know, I have to say this. I don't really want to jinx myself or, you know, the team, but Kelly Bryant's just not a guy that scares me back there. He, he's not this – you know, he's not Deshaun Watson. I, that's – I'll, you know, that's I'll agree with that. Clearly, that's as clear as day. And then, you know, Deion Kane is a great guy on the outside – um, I think it's just because of what they had last year with Mike Williams and Deshaun Watson. But Kelly Bryant, I'm not sure if you knew this. He only had nine passing touchdowns before the game last week. He threw three against the Citadel, um, which gives him 12 to the point. But he only had nine passing touchdowns all season. So this this Clemson team, without a doubt, is going to try to establish the run. They're going to be trying to create in the running game, you know, run the football, get a push with their O-line, and then sort of rely on Kelly Bryant to – to throw, you know, whenever they need him to. But, you know, listening to the South Carolina def- defenders today as well in their, uh, you know, their their uh, press conference, their media availability today, you know, they talked about, you know, containing Kelly Bryant. It's going to be all about contain because I, I kind of get the sense he's at least a 50-50 guy when it comes to, you know, does he prefer to run or pass? I think he's kind of in the middle. I'm not sure he's a – he's definitely not a pure pocket passer. Um, but it's going to be key for them to – you know, get back there, rattle Kelly Bryant, you know, get in his head, you know, the crowd get into it as well, um, and maybe make, force him to make some bad decisions and, you know, like you were saying, force a couple of those turnovers. Yeah, I mean, I kind of disagree with the whole scare part because I think he's one of the best quarterbacks South Carolina's faced this year with Ryan Finley and probably Jake. Um, who else I'm missing there? But I feel like he's up there with those guys. Uh, he throws a really good ball, and then he just adds in that that, that rushing part. Um, we've just we've seen over and over and over what happens. I guess, I guess that's kind of in the past because we haven't seen that much this season, but just the running quarterbacks uh, losing contain on them. That's the only thing that scares me about Kelly Bryant. Um, yeah, I don't think he's bad. But um, Hunter Renfro on, as well with Deion Kane is also extremely good. Uh, but I, like you said, it's all in the running game. Uh, they have, I think, three running backs that pretty much get a, a bunch of carries every game. It's kind of what we thought. South Carolina would have going into this season where they would just kind of see who has the hot hand, keep fresh legs, keep them bouncing in and out. But these are speed guys. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of what you get from Georgia where he, Nick Chubb just runs you over. Uh, these guys are quick, uh, fast feet. It's just a, a different running game than we've seen. I don't – NC State's running back. I forget his name. He was pretty quick. Um, but this is kind of two or three of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I, you know, I don't so much think – I think Kelly Bryant's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really good player. I mean, he's obviously a five-star guy. He's a guy that has obviously jumped right into their system. They're 10-1 and one for a reason. Um, I, I just think with him, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just say he was such a leader and such a guy that had the knack to make those big plays and those – really pressure-packed moments. You know, you think of the national championship game, both of them really, but especially the one they won. Um, you know, I'm just interested to see how Kelly Bryant does in this game. I, I think that's a I think that's a huge, huge key to this game is the play of Kelly Bryant specifically because, you know, one guy that I think of that was a really good Clemson quarterback that sort of struggled against the Gamecocks is a guy named Taj Boyd. I mean, he was statistically the greatest Clemson quarterback ever before Deshaun Watson. And he's, you know, for some reason, just could not play against the South Carolina team. Obviously, those South Carolina teams had a guy named Jadavion Clowney coming off the end. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it, it'll just be interesting to me. If they're able to get to him early, because I, I just – I think Dabo is going to try to come out and throw it early and get up early. And hit just with – just knowing who he is, I think they'll try to come out and get up early. And if they're able to get to him and get this crowd involved, like I said – and you know, kind of get Kelly Bryant maybe second questioning himself and or second guessing himself and making him get a little bit too quick at the line of scrimmage or you know quick with his reads, whatever. Be a huge, huge matchup for this defensive line. Guys like DJ Wanham, again Dante Sawyer, you know Javon Kinlaw, the guys that we know, you know, obviously, you know, getting in that backfield and getting to Kelly Bryant because I guarantee you that they're going to be they're going to be coming after him all night. 
Um, with that being said, kind of brings us to our key matchups. Um, Tyler, I'll start with one. You know, this is one, you know, a guy, like I said, mentioned earlier, you know, had some choice words today. Said, we're going to get our revenge. Um, you know, obviously took took offense to the actions of Clemson last year. Well, you got to come out and prove it this week. You know, come out and have a great game. Um, and that's USC center Allen Knott against Clemson defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence right there in the middle. Dexter Lawrence, one of the best D linemen in the country, um, is a guy that you'll see all over ESPN, the highlight reels, whatnot. Um, he's a guy with great quickness, strength, you know, all of that. And it's, it, it's going to be key for and not not only Allen Knott blocking-wise, but, you know, making the adjustments at the line of scrimmage, calling out the uh, – you know, the pressures and stuff like that, being the leader on that offensive line. So I think that's going to be a huge matchup going into Saturday night, you know, not along with the rest of the offensive line, but especially the play of Allen not in the middle. Yeah, I'll stay on the same same line. Christian Wilkins, uh, kind of a breakout season last year, uh, did choice things against Ohio State. Um, but he's extremely good too. So, I mean, if you stop Dexter Lawrence, you got to stop Christian Wilkins. Um, he lines up everywhere, so I don't really – there's not one specific guy, you know, if you name those two, you feel like you have a pretty good chance you'll have to throw the ball. Um, so, yeah, Christian Wilkins is pretty much, along with Dexter Lawrence, the guy you have to stop. Absolutely, yeah. My second matchup on the day, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, again, you know, I think Clemson's obviously going to – they're going to try to establish the run, but I, I think they're going to throw a little bit more than we all expect. And I think one of the bigger matchups in that is going to be USC cornerback Rashad Fenton against Clemson wide receiver Deion Kane. You know, we all remember what, you know, Clemson did to the secondary last year. Absolutely just you shredded them. I mean, Clemson had over 600 yards of offense. We all remember the Jamarcus King piggyback ride, if you will, um, against Mike Williams. You know, it, it's – that's going to be a huge matchup. I, you know, I'm I'm really glad to see Jamarcus King as well playing his best football. I think coming in this game, I think he's going to have a lot to prove uh, coming off from last year. I, I expect him to make a couple plays, honestly, but I expect Rashad Fenton to be on Deion Kane all night. And if he, you're able to shut him down, which Fenton, Fenton has been able to do, um, most teams number one wide receiver. You know, Kane's a very very capable athlete. But uh, I, I definitely think that's going to be – I think that would be one of those matchups that would honestly be fun to just put a camera on and watch them go to work. Um, I, I think two guys that, might, you know, good chance they might both be in the league one day. Um, and then, you know, my ma- my last match, Tyler, I know you probably see it. And this is – this one once before this season, but there was something that just made me put this on there, and that's, that's South Carolina Gamecocks against themselves. And the reason I put that, uh, Jake Binley came out today. They kind of asked him about – um, just kind of the emotions of this game. Obviously, this is a huge, huge week. I mean, this is a big week. I think this is the most excitement around this rivalry in this game, if you will, in a long time. I think since at least 2014, if not 2013, where, you know, South Carolina and Clemson. I mean, this is – I think the stat was this is the sixth most wins combined between the two schools coming in the rivalry. So, I mean, this is a big game. I mean, it's a really big game. Or fourth, yeah, something like that. It's, you know, there, there haven't been a whole lot of these games where both these teams are, you know, at the at the points they are right now as far as wins and losses go. Either way, there's a lot of buzz surrounding this week. There's a lot of talk and a lot of trash talk, and there will be a lot of emotions come Saturday night. I mean, the crowd's going to be shaking. You know, williams Bryce is going to be swaying. Who knows what the uniforms are going to be like. Um, it's going to be actually a crazy atmosphere. Um, but Jake Bentley talked about something I thought was interesting with the Kentucky game. He said, guys, we're waiting at the door eight to 10 minutes before kickoff. We're, you know, really hype and everything. And he was sitting there kind of like, guys, we don't, you know, we don't kick off for, for 10 minutes. I just chill out a little bit. He said, they get out there first play of the game is a touchdown. He thought they actually hit their emotional high at that point in the beginning of the game. And he thought that was one of their downfalls in that game was something they kind of had to have a learning lesson. Uh, you know, from that to kind of just be more even keel, you know, kind of just take the game as it comes. I just think that that game Saturday night, they're going to have to do the same exact things with come out. It's a four quarter game, be even keel. When South Carolina was able to beat Clemson those five years in a row, when they had a leader, you know, they had 
Connor Shaw kind of leading the helm. The moment never got too big for those guys. They could have been down, up, whatever it was. Uh, they it, it never seemed like they let their emotions get the best of them, and I think that's going to be a huge key again you know, on Saturday night, especially if you come out, obviously, if you get a lead or a stop or anything like that, that crowd's going to be rocking. I mean, you're going to have all the support and the atmosphere you need. Stay within yourself, play your game, execute the game plan. They may, and South Carolina might find themselves, uh, you know, on the right end of this thing. Yep, I agree with that 100%. I think another one, uh, you already obviously already talked about it, but Demarcus King, uh, this has to be probably the most personal game for anyone because, you know, there's every time you tweet a, Cle- a Clemson fan this week, you get responded to with the gif of Mike Williams carrying Jamarcus King 10 yards. That's embarrassing. I don't care who you are, uh, who you're a fan of. But Jamarcus King, he's obviously played so much better probably the last eight games of the year. I think the first four were abysmal. Uh, but the last eight, he's gotten a lot better. He's made tackles. He's, you know, deflected passes. He's made a ton of plays where, you know, he – he leaves the guy open a little bit, but his close his closing speed's so much better, and he he can break up those passes. Um, yeah, he's just so much better. I don't know who will be on this weekend, uh, but it, it'll be definitely interesting to see what he does. Yeah, I agree with you in the fact this will be a you know it's it's definitely going to be a personal game for a lot of guys. Definitely him, yeah, for sure. Uh, another guy, it's funny. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter today about that specific play. If you watch that play really closely, you see obviously Jamarcus King, you know jump on the back, but you see DJ Smith right there in the middle of the pile in that play really just kind of evade the tackle and just let the guy fall in. And what you, what you see about five seconds later is Dante Sawyer run up to him and just chew, chew into him. <laughs> so I think for this entire defense, they, they got to take what happened personally and, and come into this game, you know, expecting to dominate. Cause I mean, anytime you give up 56 points to a team, yeah, I mean, one guy obviously didn't have a good play, and it's all over Twitter, blah, 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 stuff like that. But this entire defense, you know, has something to prove to me, you know, I think to everyone and to themselves on Saturday as well. And you know that's something Will Muschamp is going to be preaching all week because that's his defense. So I, I won't be surprised, you know, I won't be surprised when they come out, you know, with a great game plan and with a lot of energy and emotion as well. You know, we already talked on – you really touched on it, Tyler, but keys of the game – you know, create turnovers, be opportunistic like South Carolina's done all season. I'm not sure if you actually saw this. South Carolina leads the SEC in turnovers in 21. They're ahead of Alabama now. So that's pretty impressive. They've had a knack for the ball for sure. Um, my second key to the game, a line of scrimmage game. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I feel like I say it a lot, but it's really going to come down to the guys up front on both sides of the football. Can you establish some type of a running game, give Jake Bentley some time to throw, and can you, you know, obviously slow down that Clemson running game and get in Kelly Bryant's face and, again, force him into some bad decisions? And then my last key, like I already touched on, don't let the moment get too big. Stay within yourself. You know, this is – at the end of the day, this is a game. You know, I, it's against your arch rival. Play with a lot of passion, but it's all about pl- playing with, you know, controlled aggression, as they call it. Uh, don't let the moment get too big. You know, like I said, again, you might find yourself in the fourth quarter in a, in a, in a dog fight, and at that point, in my opinion, all the pressure goes on to Clemson. Yeah, I think my biggest uh, key for this game is for both sides of the ball to play off of each other. I think this is – I said the same thing last year because um, I remember the spread was like 24 points, and I was like, man, I'd bet my truck on this spread. Carolina's going to cover this all day. And then, you know, as soon as the momentum was gone, it was really, really gone. Um so, yeah, if South Carolina wins the toss for like, probably the 10th time this year, they'll take the ball 100%. Uh, and if you go down and score, could you imagine what the defense would be doing to duck if you buck first drive for Clemson going out there? <laughs> Have the music be, playing. Get the music playing. Most, that would probably be the loudest Williams Bryce has ever been. And if, if the biggest thing for the Georgia game, if you remember the, uh, the Brian Edwards touchdown drive, uh, it was 10 plays, 75 yards in about six minutes. South Carolina gets all the momentum. Georgia gets the ball right back, goes exactly 10 plays, 75 yards. Same exact drive, Georgia's got the momentum. After that, the game was pretty much sealed. Um, so I think, it, you know, if both sides play off of each other, uh, they can make big plays and back-to-back drives on both sides. I think, you know, the momentum would be – it would take a lot to ruin that momentum. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I really do like that a lot for sure. Um, and one thing I want to touch on, cause we're about to get into predictions. One thing I want to touch on that's interesting in this game as well, Tyler, is that 
I don't think either team really trusts their kicker. This is something that hasn't really been talked oh, about no. with Clemson very much, but uh, they've had their struggles kicking the football as well. I, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if the kicker's made a field goal outside of 40 yards this season. So um, if you're able well, to make this – they towards ACL in practice halfway right, through. That's right. Yeah, and the guy that's replacing, yeah, like I said, hasn't made one outside of 40 yards. So I think, you know, controlling the red zone, which has been something where, you know, South Carolina's had room for improvement all season long. But if the team that's able to convert it from the red zone is able to make touchdowns and not have to kick field goals is the team that's going to win this football game, I think, at the end of the day. I mean, you can give up all the yards you want between between the 20s. But it's like Muschamp says, you know, this is our our territory, own the red zone. Um, I, I think that's going to be another huge component of this game, um, which can South Carolina bow up when Clemson gets in the red zone, and then when they get down there on offense, will they be able to convert, use the Jake Bentley running ability, use the, the like you said, maybe the fade pattern, use Hayden Hurst for the love of God, you know, which team's going to be able to convert? I, I think that's going to be a huge part of this game as well. So, um you know, without anything else, Tyler, we're going to do it. we got to predict this football game. I'll let you start. Who do you got? Oh, man. Uh, y'all are not going to like this at all. Um, yeah, I just – I don't see – South Carolina is going to have to be able to run the ball for at least 150 yards to have any chance in this game. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do it against that front seven because I, I just don't see where this turns into a shootout where Jake Bentley is just a freaking gunslinger and they go out there and just trade blows. Um, I think Clemson's tip, they're going to come out with tempo like they always do. Um, yeah, I just don't – I don't know if A.J. Turner and Tyson Williams have it in them against that, that front seven because another thing from, from last year, I don't obviously want to talk about last, like we said, but the first drive, you take the ball and you throw the ball three times. That completely just screws you over because – that you don't know if you can run the ball or not. You have to go out and you have to stick to a game plan 100%. Um, I just don't – I don't know if they'll be able to run it, and I think that'll be their downfall. Um, I will take Clemson 31, South Carolina 14. Not good at all. But <laughs> I'm not – this is not me saying like, hey, South Carolina doesn't have a chance in this game because that's just – that's only one thing I feel like that's the most important thing is South Carolina being able to run the ball uh, because I feel like South Carolina will be able to throw the ball. But, you know, like we heard this morning from Muschamp, if you get one-dimensional, you're going to find yourself down real quick. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, being able to establish the run is going to be key. You know, you know, this game, obviously, this, this is a big one. I mean, this is one I've been thinking about all week. Um, it's, like I said, I'm fired up for Saturday. Um, can't wait for the game to get here. There's a different vibe around this one. Than that has been the last couple of years, really. I mean, obviously, we know what happened in 2015 and the last year. And 2014 was even the kind of this. I even kind of had the sense of where it was like South Carolina's got to lose. They can't win six in a row. I mean, you know, Dylan I was at that game and, too. That was an interesting game. That was a noon game at Clemson. It was yeah. awful. And South Carolina went up seven nothing. And I was like, wow, is this about to happen again? But, anyways, you know, there hasn't been the kind of vibe that this week has brought since 2013, most likely. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, this, this is a this is a gut check game. I mean, this is this is, you know, test your manhood. I, I think the South Carolina said all the right things. Will Muschamp, I thought today was it was funny. He was very business business businessman like. You know, it, it was about a ten minute press conference. I, I mean, he's just like, hey, let's get in, get some questions, get out. Um, you know, Alan. Most of the guys were pretty. You know, didn't really say anything. Any bulletin board material. I mean, you had Alan not saying they disrespected us. That was something that. You know, was said after the game last year, obviously, with the timeouts and the supposed calling of the N-word to the players, stuff like that. But, again, looking at the game this season, it's a gut check. This is for respect. You know, this is for this is for pride. You know, this is a very important game. I think South Carolina knows that. I know Will Muschamp knows that. I know this team's looking for revenge. Uh, again, it's, it's going to be the kind of game where 7.30 kickoff at night and Williams-Brice – a lot of weird things happen in rivalry games. It's this, it's this a way different Clemson team than last year. You know, there's no Deshaun Watson. There's no Mike Williams. It's still a fantastic defense, and they're still a really good football team, without a doubt. Um, South Carolina, I agree with you. They're going to have to establish some kind of running game, just something. With A.J. Turner, you know, with uh, Tyson Williams, Mon Denson, whoever it is, um, with the running ability of Jake Bentley, 
uh, to open up the downfield passing game where I think they can definitely have some success. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I really, I for some reason have a good feeling about this one. Um, I think 14 is way too much at home. I think it's way, way too much. And, you know, again, in rivalry games, anything can happen. I think Muschamp will have a really good scheme coming out. I think South Carolina's defense has improved week over week and we'll have another fantastic game in this one. Again, it's going to be a line of scrimmage game, but I think turnovers will um, will be the difference in this one. Clemson doesn't turn the football over a whole lot. Um, and, you know, they, they've obviously started their season off. They've gone to a couple of hostile road environments. They did go to Blacksburg. Um, there's, there's been a lot of talk this week I think is funny about South Carolina's schedule this year and how they really haven't played anybody tough. You look at Clemson's schedule, it's actually not that much different. Um, you look at the amount of ranked teams each team has played, it's really not that much different. Um, and really, you just look at the teams on paper, it doesn't really feel that much different, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I don't know. With this one, there's, I've seen a lot of scores, two, three touchdowns, you know, on the side of the Clemson Tigers. But, again, I, I'll say this. This is a game about pride. This is a game about respect. You know, this is a game about revenge. I, I think South Carolina comes out and takes it really personal from last year. Um uh, and with that being said, I'm going to be I'm going to be that guy and be bold. I think South Carolina comes out, plays their best game of the season, gets the win, 24-21 at home, and Parker White makes a field goal to win it. So, oh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think Parker White. I don't think it'll be a long field goal, and I'm not sure it'll be to win it necessarily, like I just said. But I think a field goal will be the difference. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I could see. I'll tell you this. I, I could see 27 to 21 type score, 24 or 27 to one type score. Either way. I think it's just going to come down, honestly, to a turnover or two. I really do. Um, I, I, like I said, I just think South Carolina is going to come out with a lot of emotion. I think they learned from the Kentucky game. I think it'll be a controlled emotion. Um, I think South Carolina gets the win. I really do. I have a great feeling about this game. I don't really know why. So, you know, I'm willing to uh, – I'm willing to ride or die and see what happens. So, it, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they can prove me right. So, like I said, Tyler has the 31-17. to 17. I've got the the bold prediction, the 24-21. So, it should be a fun Saturday night. That's for sure. Either way, it's going to be a fun yeah, game. Really fun, yeah. I think it'll be the complete opposite of what happened last year, without a question. And Williams-Brice will be rocking. So, I like I said, again, can't wait for Saturday night. Um, moving on, Tyler, we got a couple listener questions here. One, both from Reddit, actually. Um, this one comes from Passive F First. Can we stop Clemson's rushing attack and force Kelly Bryant to pull, put the ball in the air? Also, on the flip side of that, can we get A.J. Turner and Mondenson going if that good Clemson front? Or do you think we're just going to try to beat them in the passing game like we did against Georgia? Literally just asked the question we were just talking about. Um, can we stop Clemson's rushing attack? No. Can we slow it down? Yes. Can we put force Kelly Ryan to put in the air? In my opinion, Tyler, yes. I think, like I said, I think he's going to throw it more than you expect. I really, really do. Um, you know, I, I think Clemson's going to come out feeling good from last year and try to expose the secondary again. Um, they're going to try to obviously establish the run, but I, I think South Carolina will be able to slow that down. Look for Javon Kinlaw to have a big game. Um, can Turner and Denson get going? Again, I think it'll be – they might not get going, but it may be just enough. For you know, for instance, and honestly, I can't. I don't think you can really take that Georgia game plan against Clemson Saturday night. I just think you have to be able to run a little bit more, get a little bit more creative. Um, but you know, we'll see. Again, it's going to be a line of scrimmage game. So, yeah, I don't think the game plan against Georgia was to go out there and throw the ball. I think you know they tried to run the ball, it didn't work, and they quickly vacated it. Um, I think it's going to be similar. They're going to come out and try and be balanced against Clemson. If one of the other doesn't, let's say they start running the ball, they're going to keep running the ball if they can't throw the ball. Um, either way, uh, I think they're going to stick to it. It, may, it might be excruciating to watch, but I think they'll stick to it the whole game. I don't think they're going to try and just air it out. It, it just doesn't make sense, and it didn't work against Georgia. Um, but I feel like uh, running the ball-wise, Georgia didn't have – I mean, they – they were Georgia, and they had averaged five yards a carry. It just didn't seem like it. They only scored 24 points. So I think if you can do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have an, one more question from Reddit. 
um, Wimmy Wom Wom Wobble, which is a very interesting username there. Uh, Wimmy Wom Wom Wobble asks, what is the goal for this game? Do we, do we need to force Kelly Bryant at throwing the ball? Seeing his receivers are pretty lackluster. Ooh. How important is it to block Hunter Renfro? Well, first of all, I don't know if their receivers are very lackluster. Um, Renfro and Deion Kane alone are pretty solid. Then you add in guys like Ray Ray McLeod. They got some weapons. I mean, they, yeah. you know, I think to call them lackluster is pretty uh, – you know, Wofford has some pretty lackluster receivers. There you go. I don't know if Clemson does. Um but do you need to force Kelly Bryant to throw in the ball? Again, I can, it's kind of the same question. I mean, yeah, what's the goal for this game? The, to me, Tyler, I, I mean, it's the game. The goal is to win. I, I mean, I, there are no moral victories in this game. There won't be any moral victories, I think, from South Carolina fans. You know, maybe Gamecock fans were feeling good after the 24 to, or, uh, 24 to 10 loss at Georgia. It was encouraging or whatnot, if you will. Um. I don't see that being the case in this one. I just don't. I just, you know, I can't see that being the case. This is a rivalry game. This is a game. The game. The goal is to win this football game. So, um, but yeah, I think the more you can force Kelly Bryant to throw, the better. I think your odds of, you know, forcing turnovers and stopping Clemson on offense and getting the football quickly back to your offense, obviously becomes higher if you do that. So, yeah, I agree. So. With that being said, um, we're pretty much going to wrap this one up. Um, yeah, again, guys, if you want to follow us, be sure to check us out on iTunes, the Spurs Up Show. Go there, rate, subscribe. You know, we appreciate all the feedback. Uh, again, follow us on our Twitter account, at Armchair S Car. Like I said, it's been a fun week. If you want to get on the rivalry talk, <laughs> make sure you go there because it has been nothing short of uh, <laughs> of legendary. Um, also, check us out on Instagram at Armchair S Carolina. And again, be sure to go to armchairallamericans.com uh, for all of, your, all of your latest breaking coverage there. We'll have full coverage uh, of the Clemson South Carolina game, all of our, our reactions, and of course, the podcast as you know it. Uh, again, it should be a fun one. It's rivalry week in the state of South Carolina. Before we close, Tyler, um, you got anything else? Any, any more thoughts? Or I'm curious of who you have in the Alabama Auburn game. Yeah, I'm going to Auburn in that one too, Ooh. actually. At home, um, Alabama's got a couple of linebackers injured. The way Auburn's playing, it wouldn't shock me at all. I I think Auburn easily plus four and a half. I don't think you'll need him. I think Auburn wins that football game, which yeah. would set up for a very interesting I, – I personally, I love the chaos. So, if Auburn could win and we could South Carolina could beat Clemson, I would personally love it. I want to see pure chaos at the top. So who do you, if you could pick your top four for the playoff, who would you pick? As of right now, or like who do I think it'll be? No, who would you want? Who would you want? Oh, who would I want as far as like drama and good storylines and stuff like that? Um, man, that's tough. I mean, I don't South Carolina. I want them in it. No, um, ah, <laughs> uh, man, that, that's interesting. I mean, I, Miami. I'd really like to see the turnover chain. Um, Oklahoma. I, I'm have to say I, I'm kind of a Baker Mayfield guy. I, I, I like Mayfield. Last week, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. Yeah. So Oklahoma, Miami. Um. God, I I kind of like to see two SEC teams in there. To be honest, I, I don't know. Um. I'd like to see Bama. I, it's always fun to see Bama in a matchup like that. You know, see how they can do. If Auburn wins, again, you know, I don't, I don't want to say Georgia because I don't want to see Georgia in there. Um, but I'd like to see, you know, either Auburn or Georgia, honestly, because if Auburn does win that game and goes to the title game, you know, I, I want to see an SEC team in there, and there's going to be an SEC SEC team in there no matter what. Um, I don't want to see Wisconsin. I really don't. I know they're undefeated, but they're such a boring football team. I just don't want – I think they would get absolutely killed. Um, so, I'd probably go Miami, Oklahoma. I'd like to see Alabama and Georgia both back in there, actually, <laughs> have them I, play I, each other. I want to see – see, I think there's still a path. If South Carolina beats Clemson this weekend, that puts Clemson out, they're done. Right. I don't think they get in. So, I would go – I would want Alabama, Miami, Oklahoma, and then outside of the box here – 
if Ohio State takes care of business against Michigan, beats Wisconsin in the conference championship, and they get help, I think they can get in to be that four. That is, that is a very interesting one. They do kind of still have a road to get there. Yeah, so those uh, are the four I'd like to see. I'd like to see Alabama and Ohio State. And then Miami yeah. Oklahoma. I'll, I'll ask you this, more relevant to South Carolina, where would you like to see them go to a bowl game, man? Because there's obviously been a ton of speculation about that. I'd like to see like the New Year's Day Bowls in Florida, one of those. <clears throat> I feel like they always play their best football in Florida, in, in bowl games at least. Uh, those are the ones we saw uh, when the teams were really good, when they just missed out on BCS games. I'd like to see a big a Big Ten matchup. Carolina play like a, a Michigan or something. like we. I've seen that projection already. But, I mean, everyone talks about how Big Ten's the best conference in college football. Put them up against like the sixth best – Fifth, sixth best team in the SEC, and uh, watch the SEC just roll all over them. Yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, when I talked to Brad Crawford yesterday, he actually his projection was the Tax Slayer Bowl, which is on the thirtieth in Jack. It is in Jacksonville, so you're still talking yeah, about okay a Florida bowl game, and that's not um, part of drive and be like a Christmas present to yourself, right? And he had them playing. I can't really remember honestly. I think it was. Hmm. God, I can't remember. To be honest Let's with see you, see what the, the conference thing is for that. Let's see. Thanks. Like, yeah, it's either it's either like Big Ten, ACC, or Notre Big Dame. Twelve. Is that what we played? No, he actually did have Michigan. Never mind, because that it's Big Ten. He had Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Michigan would be interesting. The 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 reunion of the clowny hit. So yeah, Tax Slayer is SEC, Big Ten, or ACC. Right. Yeah, so that'd probably be a Michigan or Michigan State or somebody, which would be yeah. cool. I'd, I'd be that'd be fun. Down um, anywhere in Florida for sure. I mean, it's going to be a lot better than going to Birmingham or Shreveport. With all due yep. respect to you guys, um, but yeah, I mean, it should be fun. I mean, obviously, if you get a nine and three with an upset win over Clemson, Citrus Bowl stuff like that comes into play. I think either way, you got to be pretty thrilled with where you're going, um, especially in year two of the Muschamp era. So, again, you know, twenty four twenty one, Tyler. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I will come on here crying next week. If South Carolina beats Clemson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, we talked about it kind of off here for the show. If South Carolina beats Clemson, Twitter is going to be a pretty fun place. We oh might, my god. We, we we might get suspended. Honestly, I really might get suspended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you've been killing the Twitter game lately, getting like 200 retweets, having to hey, spit man. some logic to Clemson fans. I, I've I have been pretty impressed. It, it's not not even like blatant trash talk. It's just like. Just think about this for a second. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. pretty funny. I've, yeah, yeah I've, I've had to get my fair share in there too. It's just some, I, I will say one because I have to. I feel like I have to share this. One of the funniest, and I'm not sure you saw this uh, this tweet. Well, there's two of them actually. There's so there's one. I had a guy mention me Saturday night. I think it was, no, excuse me. It was November the 11th. This is a while ago, but I saved this tweet in my phone. Um, he literally tweeted me and told me that he thought Clemson could bring half their team and beat South Carolina. <laughs> SC isn't that good. SEC East is just a weak league proven today with Georgia being whipped because that was the day of the Georgia-Auburn game. Literally said Clemson could bring half their team and they'd win. Um, I had another guy that I kind of not went after but just tried to spit, you know, wanted to give a little bit of insight to, to one of our our brethren there. Um Basically saying that South Carolina, you can't give a legitimate football reason why or how, excuse me, South Carolina could win the game. You, you couldn't give one at all, like literally not at all. Um, so I kind of just chimed in. Um, and I'm going to find it here because this is – I really – this this is too funny, honestly, not to – because I know people don't really see our mentions. I don't, I don't make all the – you can't see all the mentions. Um, but I'm going to get into this here because this is this is pretty interesting here. While you're finding that, I saw a pretty good uh, tweet. It doesn't relate to the game, but uh, I guess it was a Clemson reporter or just – and I don't know. It said enough respect for holding Wake Forest high-powered offense to 14 points. I was there you like, go. Oh, what? What? Come on. Yeah, so basically what this guy said um, – Game, he calls them game genital fans first. Game genital fans, if you root for your team, ride or die, I'm with you should be no other way. If you think your team has an has actual football reasons that you should beat Clemson, you're high. Would be a major upset. That's why they play the game, but stop lying to yourself. Uh, Saturday, I obviously said I would love to come on your radio show and tell you how stupid this tweet is. 
Um, he responded, if you could tell me right now where that tweet was inaccurate, break it down by sentence. So I gave him these football reasons. One, Jake Bentley outduels Kelly Bryant. Two, South Carolina wins a turnover battle. Three, make Clemson offense one-dimensional. Four, use – this is literally a string of tweets. Four, use RPO to neutralize very talented Clemson front. Keep Clemson off balance defensively. Five, USC scheme puts Kelly Bryant in constant pressure and forces Bryant into bad decisions. Six, force Clemson to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns in the red zone. Have Clemson rely on an inconsistent kicker. His response, his response is that with what players will you accomplish these things? If I give you Columbia high school players, you could type the same (laughs) nonsense. He says, the analogy is sound. I could have said middle school. The point is I can list how to stop a team. Anyone can. You did. It does not mean that you have the personnel to do so. If you completely shut down Tom Brady, you can beat the Patriots. <laughs> and then he goes on. I'm not. There was another. Here we go. And I said, again, that's what I was saying earlier with the football points. I didn't say that South Carolina would win. I didn't guarantee a win. I just think to say the team has zero chance on their home field in the rivalry game is a little much. He said, never said there's a zero chance. Hoping my team will win because it's a rivalry game. Knowing it sometimes happens is more expect- acceptable than giving fake football reasons why it will happen. I don't expect a competitive game, but I will understand if one breaks out. So apparently everything that we said, all of our keys of the game, all of that football analysis, you know, it's just fake reasons fake that maybe a team may fake win. So if South Carolina gets a fake win, I will take it because it's better than a real loss. Yep. So – that's all I guess I have to say to that guy. It's just been – that's the type of week it's been, if anybody wants a summary of the Clemson fans and our mentions. Because if a Clemson fan comes in our mentions, rest assured, they they will be dealt with. <laughs> so, with that being said, I think that's a good way to end it, Tyler. Um, again, the South Carolina Gamecocks, it's rivalry week. We all know what it is. The Gamecocks take on the Clemson Tigers. 7.30. 7.30 at night, and Willie B on Saturday night. If you can't be there, tune into ESPN. If you are there, get in there, get in early, be loud, uh, and give them hell. So without further ado, again, he's Tyler Clark and Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys listening. Beat Clemson, and we'll catch you next week to recap the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.